Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, a look at the European Union and the risks for your portfolio. Are there models for other countries leaving the European Union and what that would do to your money? We'll find out more. We're going to, we're going to be speaking with Sam Juan. He's founder and managing director at Global Risk Management Advisors. Pim, I wonder what he'll have to say about Bill Gross of Janus Capital Management saying that he is sniffing out some rather Bear Stearns kind of, uh, vibe from uh, what's happening in the UK property market. That could be a risk. Let's get to Catherine Cowdery now. No risk there. She's in the Bloomberg Newsroom with the Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Kathleen. Well, stocks held on to their gains after minutes of last month's Federal Reserve Policy Meeting show almost all officials present indicated May's weak employment report added to economic uncertainty. Bloomberg's Vinay Del Judice has the details of those FOMC minutes. Central bankers erred on the side of caution and holding their benchmark interest rates steady. The labor market slowdown was chief among their concerns. Made job growth was the weakest in almost six years. Fed officials also sought prudent to wait for the results of Britain's EU referendum, which at the time was too close to call. The Fed's policy panel next meets July 26 and 27. At the Bloomberg First Word Desk, I'm Vinnie Dell, Judice Bloomberg Radio. On Bloomberg Radio and TV, Bill Gross, fund manager at Janus Capital Management, was asked if anything surprised him in those Fed minutes. Well, not much, Mike. Uh, yes, they mentioned employment uncertainties, and we know that's probably because of the lower job totals. We'll know more on Friday, won't we? And that's when the Labor Department will release its June jobs report. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is up 46 points, a quarter percent, trading at 17,886. S&P 500 up 7 points, a third of a percent at 2,095. The Nasdaq is up 26 points. That's a gain of half a percent. It's trading at 48.49. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up 65 cents a barrel, 1.4% to 47.25. Spot Gold up $8.70 an ounce to 13.67.50. Ten-year Treasury holding steady with a yield of 1.37%. Among today's top business stories, two more U.K. property funds have halted withdrawals in the wake of Britain's decision to leave the European Union. That brings a total number to five. And now let's get an update of some of the other stories we're following today on Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Catherine. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. House Speaker Paul Ryan says a lot of questions still need to be answered about Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server while she was Secretary of State and the FBI investigation into it. FBI Director James Comey has been summoned to testify before the House Oversight Committee tomorrow, and the House Judiciary Panel has scheduled hearing for next week with Attorney General Loretta Lynch. Ryan says Clinton has offered, quote, nothing but stonewalling and dishonesty on the issue and appears to have received preferential treatment from the FBI. Tennessee Republican Senator Bob Corker withdrew himself today from consideration as a possible running mate for Donald Trump. I know what I'm good at, and, and uh, I feel like I'm better suited for other kinds of things, and I think uh, they're probably better suited people for this particular job for them. When asked for his opinion on who Trump should pick, Corker said although he knows it would not be a popular opinion, he believes Trump's ex-wife Ivanka would be the right person for the job. President Obama will slow down the U.S. troop withdrawal from Afghanistan. Instead of going down to 5,500 troops by the end of this year, 
The United States will maintain approximately 8,400 troops in Afghanistan into next year through the end of my administration. The president also says the Taliban is still a threat. If you've been outside today, you probably don't need us to tell you, but it's a scorcher here in the city. Temperatures have topped the 90-degree mark. The intense heat is expected to last three days. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. Catherine? Thank you. And now let's get an update of those equity benchmarks. Dow Industrial Average up 48 points to 17,889. S&P 500 up 7 points to 2,095. NASDAQ higher by 28 points at 48.50. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. The pound sterling plunges further, trading at 129.36 versus the U.S. dollar. Japan's 20-year bond yield turns negative and more U.K. property funds suspend trading. These are all risks that you need to take into consideration when managing money. Samuel Wan is the founder and the managing director of Global Risk Management Advisors. He joins us now. Sam Wan, thanks very much for coming in. I wonder if you could tell people what is Global Risk Management Advisors and what do you actually do? Who are some of your customers? Um, well, I started the firm um, right on the heels of the financial crisis to help uh, both asset managers and institutional investors with investment risk management. And about a third of our work is what uh, some people who think of risk management it is very quantitative. It is very geeky. And we try to use very sophisticated modeling and math to figure out what the risks are in uh, your portfolio and what the potential losses are. But two-thirds of the majority of the work that we do is really around uh, good governance, good ri- processes, good controls, good strategy, because that's really, at the end of the day, uh, what, what trumps and what is the most important thing in terms of uh, uh, descending order of what uh, institutions do. And as I mentioned, we work with uh, institutional investors such as endowments and pensions, foundations, and we work with asset managers, heavy concentration of uh, alternative managers. And I imagine the phone's ringing off the hook because people are wondering, okay, Brexit, what do I stay away from? Is there something I should be getting rid of quickly that I didn't already get rid of before the vote? And or is there something that I should be getting ready to leap in and buy? Where do you start with that analysis? Uh, we think it's important. So if we take um, an institutional investor like a pension or a foundation or endowment, um, those institutions are fortunate that they can take a, a relatively longer-term view. And so we think it's very important that they stick to a plan. And that plan starts with their uh, investment policy statement and their risk policy guidelines. We think it does make sense to assess what impact the portfolio has had um, near-term from Brexit as well as what it may look medium term and long term to to you know figure out whether there should be any strategical uh, strategic or tactical changes they need to make. One thing we've been advising um, investors, and this applies to just uh, retailer John Q. Public as well, is um, we caution that people should not overreact, um, especially given the fact that 2008 is still fresh on many people's minds and and. Uh, uh, that is, we think, a, a very important lesson learned. Sam, if there is a money manager who blames poor performance on Brexit, should you go looking for another money manager? Are there ways to have mitigated the risk? Um, if you look at the first 
few days uh, following uh, Britain, Britain's decision to exit the EU, uh, and you look at the proverbial winners and losers, uh, the majority of the people were, whether they were professional or amateur investor, losers, meaning that when all the markets are down, most people are long the market, and so there, there, there's no place for cover. The exception to that were people, of course, who uh, might have been um, long some of the uh, flight to safety kind of uh, things such as uh, U.S. or Japanese bonds or uh, speculative investments such as uh, gold. Um, uh, but there were very, very few winners uh, who uh, anticipated um, uh, Brexit. We think in terms of assessing um, you know, your investments, it would be foolish to look at it just through the filter of Brexit. Certainly, if your investments are Eurocentric, um, that should give you pause uh, to uh, uh, look for uh, opportunities to diminish that concentration risk and diversify. But other than that, we, we think that uh, people should, um, uh, you know, be uh, vigilant about assessing their portfolio, watching it, and looking at the and trying to understand the broader economic and political implications, and I think that's something that is the forest from the trees that gets lost because there's so people, so many people get focused on what's going up and what's going down. Okay, so what are what is what is the the broader global implication, and what does it mean for portfolios? As you've in the time you've spent last couple of weeks looking at the Brexit vote, what are what are a couple of the key themes that emerge for people to be aware of? Uh, the key themes to look at, as an example, is um, is um, um, the UK's uh, separation of the EU. What uh, ramifications is that going to have trade within the eurozone? Um, what is that going to do for, uh, to the extent that investors are invested in companies that are within the FTSE 100? What are the implications? So, as an example, uh, one of the questions I've been posed in the last couple of days is. Given Brexit, how can you explain the FTSE 100 being up? So that's a, a, you know, a paradox. And in the near term, our answer to that is as follows. Number one, um, you know, some of it is just relief from the fact that um, the UK has not exercised uh, Article 50 yet. Secondly, if you look at the composition of the uh, companies within the FTSE 100, more than 77% of them are multinationals who uh, garner majority of their revenue outside uh, the UK. And as such, um, they're making money uh, that's worth more uh, in local currency terms, the pound. All right. Samuel Wan, thank you so much for joining us. He's founder and managing director, Global Risk Management Advisors, right here in New York City. Don't overreact to Brexit. Step back. Are your investments Eurocentric? Maybe you need a broader view. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll be speaking with a global macro trader and an in-house analyst for Vine Street Trading. They focus on electronic futures markets. We've got details ahead. 